Day podcast. And this week we're talking about race craft um, and, you know, what makes it different really from just just training. So, you know, what makes a good race? What makes you feel like you can have a good race? What sort of preparation you should do mentally, physically and so on? And relating it to, you know, to recent races that we've 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 done. Um, so today we have Will, uh, Fran, Aid, and myself. And Aid, do you want to start off with just that sort of broad answer to you know what? Why do we even need to think about racecraft? You know what? What is it? Why is it a thing? Why would we? Why isn't it just like training? Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? The the it, it isn't like training because, in a sense, training is you know for for people that are being competitive. They are. That's what the training is for. They're aim, they're, they're developing the skills and the and the fitness and everything else that's in order to get into this position where they're able to compete. Um, but there's definitely something about then that that a whole raft of other things that come into how you go about your business on race day, how how you behave, how you approach the race. There's an awful lot of um, mental preparation required, um, and it, and it's absolutely clear sort of from a coaching perspective that um that different people's sort of race head comes into play and ability to execute on the day um and that's a whole other area of of um coaching and preparing athletes is to is to yeah. get them into that um position where they approach um the execution of the race in the right way i guess i, I think that's what it's all about um and it's much more emotional as well isn't it i mean i remember reading um Stephen Peters, you know, the sports psychologist for British Cycling mm. book, um, when he talked about uh, Victoria Pendleton being initially, you know, performed superbly in training on and, and had amazing talent, but was 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 really struggling in races and she was taught, you know, it was about building that mental strength to, to get that yeah. sort of performance. I, I saw Chris Hoy was also uh, talk about this actually at a, an event I went to once. And he said that um, Chris, Steve Peters had gone up to him. I think he must have, must have been when he was world champion, but before the Olympics. Does that sound about right? But Steve Peters had gone up to him and said, when, you, when you're doing your race, if you're just about to go into your race and somebody comes up to you like the day before, say, and says, oh, your world record's been beaten, would that impact you in the race at all? And he and Chris Hoy went, no, no, I'll be fine. You know, I've been training well. I'm, I'm top of my form. It'd be great. And he said he went away and he like slept on it. And he woke up. He thought, no, no, I wouldn't be fine at all. <laughs> that would really do, screw with my head. Yeah. And so then they worked on that sort of positive aspect for the race in terms of trying to get rid of any emotion from the race and just executing a plan seemed to be the thing that he had to do. And he said during the race, which he, I think he he did win. He said he just sort of had a plan it was on the track obviously so it's quite a different sort of thing from what we're doing i guess but he had a plan that he executed and it was almost like it was an out-of-body experience he didn't care about what anybody else was doing he was just executing his sort of his plan plan and worm I think, I, but, um, so there's that whole aspect to it isn't yeah there? i mean i think that's really important is you can't control everyone else's race you can worry about yeah. it and then if you're not careful that that concern messes with your own uh, execution of your race so focusing on on yeah. you and just being the best that you can be on that day and then putting as many yeah many aspects into place to achieve that that that's that's the best you can be yeah 
I think the and I think that happens at any level as well, doesn't it? I mean, you know, even at, um, my level where I'm not getting onto podiums, but just chatting to other triathletes ahead when you arrive at the venue or at the sort of um, location, there's there's a natural a little bit of competition going on, isn't there? People telling you what they've done previously, what their sort of times are, and it's sort of you just start to put things into. Well, for me, it starts to make me think, oh, my God, I'm an imposter here. I don't know what, you know, these guys are all look look a whole lot better than I am. So what the hell am I doing here? So you start that starts to play into your mind a bit, doesn't it? I think that imposter word is a really interesting one because there's this, this idea about this sort of imposter syndrome. And it, I, my experience is that, that athletes at all levels suffer from that. So they, they yeah. you know, even even people, and well, actually maybe often people with a, with a raft of podium and, experiences and trophies behind them um will will you know they, they're almost only as good as the last thing that's happened to them sometimes and that that sort of yeah. ability to adjust that and that you know i mean I, not that i want to point any fingers but you know fran fran is somebody with a huge trophy cabinet and yet often will arrive yeah. at a race and fran will look around and say blimey she looks quick and Oh, look at that. She's got a nice bike and that kind of, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it, you know, that, um, yeah. that, that, those reminders are important because actually the, the confidence level with, with which you go into a race is, is, is going to affect your performance. It's going to affect how well your, um, body is able to recover. You know, if you're anxious about a race, that's going to impact your recovery. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, you, it, the, all of those things factor in and, and this execution, this plan of execution, especially in something like triathlon where it's, you know, you've got an awful lot of time to think about it during the event. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, um, it's a different ballgame from yeah. other sports. Yeah. Yeah. Is that similar for you, Will? Yeah, I think the, the point around controlling things that are within your control is the biggest point for me. Um, yeah. So, I guess to to kind of reflect on that is is how much of my race plan for any one race involves um, what bike someone else is riding, what power someone else is pushing, what speed someone else is yeah. swimming. That doesn't feature anywhere and never will okay. in my race plan because, yeah. because I can't control it at all. Um, yeah. It'll all focus around me, my processes, um, and what I'm trying to do to achieve my goals rather than affect anyone else's. Um, but that, yeah. that's um, that's come with time, and ironically, it's moved um, it's moved progressively towards that state as I've become more competitive at, at an age group level, as opposed to yeah, um, yeah, when I first started, and it was more about um, participation and completing rather than competing. Um, yeah, yeah. When when I was new to it, it was very much. Um, not necessarily worried, but influenced by everything else that's going on around you. Um, yeah. And I think to, to Wade's point around um, being anxious and anxiety, there's a whole load of um, kind of hormonal elements that go on within your body that you can't control fully, but you can influence. So yeah. how much cortisol is flowing around your body on race morning you can't control it fully, but you can do an awful lot to, to kind of influence it and, and bring it down. Yeah. Um, and equally, yeah. equally you can do a lot to allow it to creep up. So it's, um, 
yeah, understanding what's what's within and and beyond your control is is kind of the, the biggest part of that for me. Would that be a, a, a set routine type approach, Will? Yeah, and and a routine that's familiar as well. So I I, I try and keep things as as close to pre-training routines as possible because I've done them countless times. Um, and from race to race to race to race, we'll try and be as consistent as possible. Um, again, just because it's familiar. And, and there's, there's, if something does come up that's new or novel, you've got to fall back into a routine or into a sequence or whatever it is that is familiar and that's comfortable. Um, yeah. Because then the only thing that's uncomfortable is, is the physical output, the challenge. And then that's up to you how, how, kind of, how much you want to push yourself. Um, but as long as that's the, the only um, the only challenge, then I think you, t- you you take everything else out of the equation as much as possible. And I think as well, it's I mean during the races, I know we're sort of jumping around a bit on what we had on as an outline, but there's that I, for me one of the things is just that staying positive mentally, and you know that can have an, that can be easily influenced by small things i think like for example if i like in the swim at lati i was in the second group you know in terms of anticipated time and i think i i think i must have been towards the front of that group and actually well you know when i sort of got into the water and actually i went i felt really good on the swim and swam swam well and went and went past my colored hats and started going into the other colored hats and that might makes you feel really good but if you started the if you'd started if i'd have gone too far forward and other people are going past you so you can start to feel negative that's on the bike can happen a bit i think as well you know if you're um you know depending on where you start if you're towards the front as i often come out of the swim you know that's probably my best discipline so I might be ahead of other people in a similar level to me out on the swim. They're probably going to overtake me on the bike. So that means that I'll, that has more of an, because I'm only seeing people going past me then is what I'm saying, not going past other people. And that sort of can have a negative, I think, impact on you a bit, even though those people might be in a completely different age group, completely, you know, different sort of goals and so on. Um, but maybe that's that's me. Does anybody else have that sort of experience? I think you've still, it goes back to what we said at the start, isn't it? About focusing on your own process and focusing on your own goal. Yeah. You can only control your own race and people might go past you and you might think, oh, I need to cycle faster, but, you, but you've got limitations. You can only go as fast as you can go. And, and backing yeah. into your own body and making sure that you're working at the right capacity and that you're fueling yourself and that you're keeping to the strategy and the plan that you've got yeah that's what you've got to do if you start worrying about everyone else then that's where negativity can creep in and negativity will 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 slow you down yeah um and i suppose that's that brings us to to strategy really in terms of like race strategy and how how much you should plan that out for a triathlon so um what what do you think the approaches are there, do you got some comments and thoughts on that? Um, absolutely. I mean, I, the, the thing about triathlon, of course, that we, we mentioned earlier, is is that it is a, tends to be a fairly long experience. Being a sprint, it's not so much. Yeah. And uh, and and I guess the shorter the race, the simpler the strategy to some degree. Um, if you're racing long long course triathlon or you know Ironman or half Ironman distance racing, 
um, then there's there's a you know setting out that process that that Fran referred to earlier um, is super important, and that can be a process based around understanding the course so preparing yourself for the course that you're going to be racing on understanding where the hills come in the bike and what your process for that is going to be um obviously the nutritional process is is key so yeah. a nutritional strategy um and you know just like what you alluded to just now putting yourself in the right position in the race you know where do you want to start why yeah. do you want to start there how's that going to impact your mental state you know if you are swimming yeah. at the front of the pack and you are going to get overtaken by people on the bike. How are you going to react to that? Because you know, I think that what, what you said just now is really interesting because the um, tendency of having a negative mental experience and then changing your plan is obviously where it all goes a bit pear shaped. You know, if you, yeah, yeah. as you experience that, you then think in your mind, "Oh well, this is not going to be my day today. Um, I'll yeah. just go for a coffee in the next coffee shop that I go past." <laughs> <laughs> um, damn it but damn it is that an option I, I need to get that into my plan <laughs> um, so you know that, and, and and then everything goes so having having that process is super important um, I'm not sure that yeah. answers the question you asked me actually um, no just, uh, on that point about um, being prepared what, how, what do you think about the visualisation you know doing the route beforehand either maybe just driving it or um for example on the bike do you think that, is that something you do well or Fran? uh well you go first um yeah it, it depends where it is there's a there's a practical element for that yeah. um for me I'll, I'll often try and get down there you know at least 24 hours before if i can um yeah and see as much of the course as i can but i mean so, so many of the courses now are available like you can see it online and some of the maps yeah. and elevation and the routes and all of that kind of stuff. So you, it's not the same, obviously, as being there, but you can get a pretty good feel for for the profile of it, how it's gonna how it's gonna flow. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to get down there and see it in person, obviously that helps. Um, but the, there's a, a piece around adaptability as well that I think Aid was, was kind of referring to there, where it doesn't quite go to plan and what you do then. That's that's. Yeah. Um, that's as important for me as as having a solid strategy because yeah it, it just doesn't always go to plan but uh most Is simply you, and in your plan though would you when you if you do go around a route or look at a route in detail are you then thinking uh like if you're looking at power during the race are you do you just say oh i'm going to average 200 watts the for the race that's my thing or do you say hang on this bit here is i've gotten because there's benefits of putting power down in certain places isn't that compared to, to to not um and there's also places you can't do it for example where it might be more dangerous so do, is that do you go to that sort of level or you you think uh, is it more of a generalized it's it's more it's more general for me so i'll, I'll know yeah a kind of a window within which i'm likely to to be in and around yeah. um but it, i mean that will vary if it's a super flat course then yeah. kind of how I go about hitting that average power for the whole race will look different to if it's a really lumpy course. Um, yeah. And also how I'm feeling. That, that's uh, yeah. we, we can't kind of downplay that. So numbers are all well and good, but it kind of, I don't know, we've talked about data and feel and the kind of that spectrum yeah. before, and it kind of goes back to that point of um, it's all well and good having, knowing that window in my head and that kind of where where I need to be shooting, but also whether or not I feel okay there um, yeah. and whether I can go over the top of that or I need to sit underneath it and, and be comfortable with that and, and that's okay. 
Um, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the course profile will, will dictate a lot of, yeah, how, how I lay that out through the course of a ride, for example. Yeah, yeah. And fun? Yeah, well, I mean, if we can, if we can, if we have time to go and recce a course, I will definitely do it. Um, I think yeah. it's really advantageous. You can, you know, if it's a hilly one, you can see where the switchbacks are, how steep they are. It gives you a really good opportunity to visualize the kind of ride that you're going to do. And I, I can honestly say there's only one time that we've driven a course and I regretted driving it was when we did San Remo. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it was... It was a very, very, it was raining, it was misty, it was really steep, very narrow, very poor quality yeah. roads. And it looked a lot steeper than it was. So it, it actually, although I say that, but when it came to riding it, I had this vision that it was going to be horrendous and actually it wasn't. So there was a kind of positive right. But other, other than that, um, yeah, I, I personally think it's really beneficial um, to ride the course because you know what's coming. Um, in terms yeah. of riding to power, no, I, I don't. I don't ride to power. In fact, it's only this year that I've got power, um, and I don't look at it at all. Uh, I, I use it to look at it afterwards because I find it really interesting. Because yeah. then I can compare how I felt at certain points, um, what my power was doing. Um, you yeah. know, and when I'm feeling fatigued, you can see that you know that the power is is falling exactly how you feel. But at the end of the day, I can only push out what I can push out, irrelevant of what the watts are saying, and. Yeah. I think I think it would have a negative impact if I tried to race to power and I couldn't reach those watts. So I I buy Interesting, I feel yeah. I can ride. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And then just going back to that adaptability that um will, because that's yeah, that's I think really important. I mean on Larty again, the didn't expect the weather to it was horrendous. The the the, the it's boiling hot the, you know, a few days before the race. On race day, which started the race it started at three 15 which is an unusual start because they do the um midnight because it's a midnight sun so they want it i think that's the whole point yeah they've got these things but, but basically at three o'clock it started raining and it didn't stop raining till midnight so uh so the 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 bike was really really wet and so yeah i and that i just eased off on that i think once because i just felt i didn't want to push it you know i mean the other thing for me is just trying to enjoy it so I just wanted to I wanted to maintain the fact that I mean you know why am I doing this I'm doing it to enjoy my enjoy it really so um so I didn't want to push it too hard but uh and also knew that the the run was probably going to be hard and all you know like afterwards so I, I eased off but yeah definitely the and I'm sure lots of people did ease off because of that um you know torrential rain basically the, the whole way around quite a lot of standing water but but not too bad the roads were absolutely beautiful over there because they're just smooth Although they, that meant they were a bit icy on some of the new bits that just tarmacked, I think, for the, uh, not icy, but slippy for the, <laughs> ice for the World Championships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really did cool down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we, what were you going to say about adaptability, uh, Will? Did you, did you have some extra things you wanted to tell? Yeah, just on, um, I've probably had that from every level in the, in the last year of racing. It's been really interesting for me, right from yeah. race race plan in terms of um yeah my strategy for the whole race over a long course race and how that's um yeah really not gone to plan on the race day and so yeah. ad adapting to yeah. that and being okay and to your point earlier around staying positive with that rather than um letting, yeah. it, get, letting it get you down because yeah over a long course race that, that can that can drag um but then right down to really uh really small things like turning up on racing and having forgotten your race belt. That was my, that was my, yeah. that was my most recent one, which is it's part of 
part of a, a pre-race routine of mine. So, yeah. so what we were saying earlier in terms of that being comfortable, I wake up, I'm, I've got everything set and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've not got that now. So then you have to adapt and you have to find a way because well, you, <laughs> you, you need your race number. That's, you can't really get around I mean, can't get around without yeah. one of them. So, um, yeah, everything from, like I say, the big kind of what your plan is for the race itself down to just small things going wrong. And I think yeah. I think if you've not got that some level of adaptability, that could really throw you, and then that's your whole race out the window. Then because you've some, yeah. some, something's wobbled you really early on, and um, and you can't can't quite recover from it. But, <laughs> yeah, everything in between as well. But that, that's just a yeah, a couple of um, yeah. couple of personal ones that, that have come up over over the last year or so. I mean, I think triathlon's unique in in. The- how complex i mean it should just be a list but every time i do a list it's always something slightly different isn't it and there's all i is is it just me but i always seem to forget something uh because there is a lot to remember isn't it and you and on race day your mind's a bit of a muddle the mind is anyway you know you're not really thinking straight are you and so things that you would never forget uh on another day on your bike you just just can slip your mind and you just think that you suddenly get there and you think yeah, but I don't think I've forgotten anything too bad on Lati. I've forgotten a chip. Too, yeah, my one was. Yeah, I've actually forgotten my chip. chip. <laughs> <laughs> I might. Oh, what your time chip? Yeah. 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 Race nutrition. Oh, race nutrition. Yeah, but it's yeah. okay because you had some honey sandwiches, we so were, I stole them. That was an unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> same race, so Fran stole my nutrition on the grand set. No, was your late much breakfast? Much more likely to much more likely to win a trophy than I am. <laughs> yeah, perfectly fair. <laughs> I think that's a great strategy. That sounds like a good strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Always have aid around. I think it's really um, around that a really good point. You know, Will talked about getting there 24 hours earlier, um, and it is one of the one of the is a significant challenge for age group athletes because sometimes that's you know if it's a big event where you've got to be racking the day before and so on, um, and you're. You know, yeah. the race might be on a Friday, on a Sunday, sorry, and you can't travel up till Friday night or Saturday morning. Often, that was one of the things that we decided quite early on in our racing careers in terms of triathlon was that um, we needed to arrange it so that we could get there not on the just the day before if it was a big event that you needed to get there the day yeah. or the day before. Um, yeah, because otherwise, you know, those sorts of issues do arise, and also it's opportunity to actually get some relaxation and get your you know get yourself in the right mindset and state um before the race is so much more difficult if what you're doing is running around trying to organize things the day before and um, also nutrition yeah. you, you know if you're racing in a foreign country mm. and you don't you've not done it before so you don't know what facilities there are you don't know what you're going to eat that that's all going to have yeah, an impact yeah. to you especially long distance yeah um yeah you, you know it's, it goes back to your routine what is your routine can you sustain that routine can you sustain the yeah. diet that you want to you know sustain come race day in a foreign country you might not be able to so you have to plan accordingly yeah. for that and then there's the yeah. walking you know sometimes you can yeah. easily rack up 10k of walking the day before a race well that's clearly not a yeah. good strategy for most people um, yeah yeah so it's interesting yeah well just yeah yeah that's interesting yeah um one thing Becky said once about when she was racing was just the, her inner voice about using. Is anybody? Is that something? Do you, do you have a mantra or something in your inner voice that keeps you going during a during a race? Uh, I usually have to try and tell it to shut up, actually, because it, it can be a little yeah. bit negative <laughs> at times. <laughs> so, yeah. so I I 
try and have a very clear process and goals throughout the race because otherwise yeah. I convince myself out of it and I can yeah. have a propensity of being a little bit negative so I have to yeah. plan so I don't think yeah. I'm the other way around which is ironic I- because <laughs> And then comes, <laughs> I do plan. Sorry, yeah. no, I'm talking about positive or negative oh, yeah. thinking or talking. And it, it, yeah. um, it, because I come from a ski racing background, where you have to be, you have to throw off all of the shackles of negativity if you want to be successful. Because if you're standing in a start gate of a of a 50 second race, um, yeah, and you are not, if you don't have a positive mindset, then you you've failed before you've even started. You know, you, you've got to go into that because it's it's a, a yeah. high adrenaline all-out sport. You go from the start at full tilt, and you have to accept that sometimes that won't work. Um, and that, but that's okay. Yeah. And triathlon is very different from that. But somehow I've maintained this kind of positive outlook. So I, so despite the fact that I've got no evidence to the contrary, I usually stand on the start line thinking I'm going to win. Um. <laughs> but it has it. He always. significantly better than in theory he should if you looked at his inconsistent training pattern but he always seems to put out the back there's a slight edge to where she's over there is yeah that's the cage coming out (laughs) that was a bit of that was a bit of on the spot feedback (laughs) yeah yeah brilliant yeah Yeah. Um, but yeah you haven't got have you got a specific mantra that you keep Chanting through your head, Will, as you're running around your course at the not, spot. Not necessarily a mantra. Um, I'm definitely far more positive than I used to be, but I think some yeah. of that comes with um, being being grateful for the opportunity to race. That, that's kind of that's, that's yeah. my starting point. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Like if if you it's a bit kind of big and deep and possibly not for now, but in terms of yeah. if you think of everyone, how many people are in a in that position that we that we you know that we're in, we're really lucky to be there. Um, yeah. So so to approach it with anything other than I'm just going to give it everything would be yeah. would be kind of um, would be doing yourself a disservice. So that that's yeah. and then I think if that's your starting point, then that tends to be what you fall back on um yeah so w- when things go wrong it's yeah it tends to be falling back onto a onto a positive starting point and a um make the best of the situation rather than it's a really bad situation um yeah and, and what what can you do rather than what you're struggling with um yeah so yeah that not a not a specific mantra as such um yeah but i get i guess regular kind of go-to places mentally that that snap me back into that positivity if needed yeah interesting i remember i went to see the tour the, fi- the final stage of the tour once in paris and you got we got to walk around you know where the pro bikes were and they have a lot of them had things on the top tube mantras that they you know can just keep look at mm. and keep themselves positive which is interesting all all their own particular ones i can't remember what they were now but yeah there was it was definitely on there um so yeah, I've put a thing. How to win? <laughs> is, that, is that an easy answer to that one? In terms of racecraft, I mean, is it a combination of what we're all saying here? Was it a common? Is it really that you 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 don't go in thinking for like 
certainly longer course triathlons, uh, I'm going to win. It's more I'm going to execute my plan. Is that that's sort of what we're saying? I guess. It, yeah, you have to define what what does win mean to you as an individual. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. that's really important um, because it and, and that goes back to setting out your initial goals of what you wanted to achieve. And if you go through a race and you achieve those goals, then then it's a win win, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, for, for me, if I think about think of Andorra mm. as a race, yeah, I want it. But for me, it was disappointing because I had so many issues when I went to run because of my hip. So it wasn't, right. even though it was a stand on top of the podium win, it wasn't a win for me yeah. is I didn't achieve the goals. And I, and I took a step backwards as to a step forwards in, in what I've right. been trying to achieve yeah. this year. So, and yeah. I think sometimes people lose sight and I don't think social media helps here that of 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 sticking to your own individual goals what they are what that yeah. process is what you want to achieve and how you're going to do it and that's not just about what happens on race day that that's about the consistency of training that's about your nutrition that's about your sleep it's about the balance it's about everything it, it's all of it yeah. linked yeah that's really interesting yeah yeah i it, yeah cool that, that idea about you know, having your own goals in place definitely resonates, doesn't it? Because if you, you know, I'm, you know, for all the best one in the world, I'm not going to win in my category at, at half Ironman or Ironman racing triathlon, um, at least not yet, not unless I keep doing it till I'm 85. And then maybe I'll have <laughs> get into that uh, age group when you're the only it's one. About, it's, about, it's about the level that you think you're capable of doing it. And, you know, that... Yeah. That's something that is very, very rewarding when it when it comes through, and you and you can look back and be really proud of yeah. the way that you've performed. So that, yeah. that's that's what it's all about, really. We're age groups, aren't we? We're not. Um, yeah, but yeah, interesting. So how did how did you deal, Fran, with that with your hip? Did that affect you on the run almost? Oh, what, was it wasn't a, a triathlon, was it? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the run. So I think I mean what we had to like kind of look back, see see why I was progressing so well, and then over the last couple of months, why why it was causing me so many issues. Um, so you just you know you just have to reevaluate. You have to look at the evidence. You have to try and break it down. Yeah. Or what's gone well, what hasn't gone well. Um, and I think our conclusion is that I was just, just pushed it too much. Um, you know, I'm yeah. not 30 anymore and I have to yeah. accept that um, and off yeah. a little bit when perhaps even mentally I don't want to. But, I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a fake hip, <laughs> so I have to look off. <laughs> and the muscles around it do cramp and do seize up more. Um, yeah. Then, then probably if I didn't have a, a, a plastic hip in there um, and the mobility goes and all these things, if you think about you on your bike for, for well, Andorra was three plus hours because it was up and down mountains, it, it, it's yeah. going to fatigue. It's, it's, it, there's going to be a point where it's gone, do you know I've had enough? Um, and I, yeah. I reached that point. Um, and so I've rested it, got loads of massage, done my mobility and actually touch wood, it's significantly better now. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's readdressing, it's reevaluating, and thinking. Okay, what have I learned from this experience? What do I need to take from it? What do I need to do differently next time? I'll try and yeah, and um, then execute that. Yeah, and the other thing that was interesting about that was actually we we knew Fran was fatigued going to the race, so we did actually do more of a taper into that race than 
um, than we would normally do with Fran. And it's interesting because she's the sort of athlete that you don't want to do too deep a taper because if you do, it, it, you know, she's just one of these people with this huge engine that can can get on a bike and go. And and um, but so what was interesting is the impact of that sort of more pronounced taper was good in terms of um, the app and, and HRV and recovery score. So she was in a very good position going into the race and felt good going into the race. Yeah. But on the background of that was definitely some mechanical trouble um, in terms of uh, the, the, the um, yeah. uh, hip. And so, you know, that, that, so, you know, she won the race because she was way, way, way faster than everybody else up until the point when she got on. <clears throat> Um, but then there's a mental point that goes into that actually reflecting because yes I was having massive issues but then I finished one lap in all kinds of trouble and I kind of AD and Annie were there and I said where am I and they said you've got an hour lead so it was like oh okay (laughs) well I can walk now can't I so so, I mean interestingly you know how much did that play into my mind of actually do you know what I could pull this and I could still so so well if they just said there's someone 15 minutes behind you could I have reassessed my situation and thought more positively and maybe you've switched off the discomfort a bit more i don't know i don't know there was an element of protectionism there from yeah uh, from the coaching team should we say though because um you know you've got to make a judgment and at that point it was pretty clear that it, you know there was no point in from busting a gut to to run a, yeah you know, to not 10 minutes off a run time that you know it would just in that in that situation it was the right approach um and you still won, which is yeah, well, yeah, amazing, yeah. And actually, yeah, it was it was a lovely weekend. Going back to Will's thing about being lucky to be there, you know, at the end of the day, it was a great. Oh, race. it's yeah. beautiful. It's one I recommend. Will, it really is a beautiful race. So next, next, nice. year, <laughs> next year, next year, I'll add it to the list. I said, <laughs> but I think um, to your original question there of kind of winning and what it takes to win. A lot of that comes down to um, how you view failure and how you view not winning um, yeah. and not, not being scared of failure. I think that's quite a big thing. And again, I don't think social media helps with that because everything is everything must be perfect, everything must be right, and you must win. Um, yeah. Whereas, I mean, if you look at if you look at any champion in any sport, the amount of failure they go through to be where they are is just they'll fail umpteen more times than I'll ever compete, let alone how many times they've won. So, um, there's, there's a real, there's a real strength in being able to view failure as like Franz talks about the learnings that she took from that race are exactly that. There's, you you can view it as, uh, yeah, failure and it's gone wrong and it's, it's all negative and it's all bad or their learnings. And so we'll take that forward and I'll be better for it. Um, and I think some of that will then, some of that then dictates how much you you risk to win, because if if you if you know that it's okay that you don't win and that you'll learn from it, I think you're more likely to throw more at it because it's less of a risk. Mm. Whereas if you look yeah. at, if you're looking at it and you're concerned about well what happens if I lose, you're not going to throw as much at it because the the risk is inherently bigger in in your mind. So I think there's there's a lot to be said for that as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. That was it. That going back to what I was talking about earlier, that was a turning point in my ski racing career when I was much much younger, which was when I realised that unless I went all out, then you know, and and, and in doing so, you have to accept that 
sometimes you're not going to get around that gate or you're not you know those things are going to happen because that's part of otherwise you're just going to always be in the middle of the pack yeah fantastic okay i think on that point uh, i think about staying positive and, and looking to learn from everything you've done and moving forward i think we should end it so thanks very much everyone um really interesting part i think this week but uh, speak soon yeah, thanks so much cheers, cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys.